We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app good morning lee hey there tara so here we go nikki haley running for president yeah um to the surprise of almost no one yeah to the surprise of almost no one so uh, Nikki Haley running to, for president. I yeah, I had to bust out laughing. The first line, literally the first line that you hear from Nikki, is a capitulation to the left. She she starts as as anybody connected with the Bush machine. The first most important value, other than open borders, because that's the main thing these people stand for. And she is, don't don't misunderstand, she is absolutely a product of the Bush machine. That's where all of her fundraising comes from, the, that Bush-Romney uh, fundraising cabal. In, in politics, the way it works is um, you come from different turfs and you share um, different fundraising bases. For instance, um, AOC, right, Democrat Party, her fundraising base is a different fundraising base from Nancy Pelosi's. Um, even though they're both Democrats. They may have a little bit of crossover, but for the most part, they're the same. Uh, they're, they're different. Uh, they're, they're different parts of the party. Well, it's the same thing in the Republican Party as well. And Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, um, share the same fundraising base. It's that Romney-Bush fundraising base. That's why when Newt Gingrich and Mitt Romney were running in South Carolina uh, for president, she endorsed Romney. That's where she comes from. So certain things are expected of her from that base. Certain certain things must be said. And I was absolutely struck yesterday. I I felt like I was watching an announcement speech for president from the 1990s. Um, and, and, And her first statement out of her mouth was a promise to never be divisive. What was a promise to never offend. And and that is like, I'm like, wow, did George Bush's speechwriter write this? Who is she speaking to there? Who who is she giving that nod to coming out that way? Um, she is giving the nod to the Bush donors, many of whom are Democrats. Um, and one of her largest donations, a million dollars, is from a Democrat. We'll get into that later on in the show. What she's promising is that, listen, this is my highest value. I, no matter what it costs, even if it's the country, I will never be divisive. Okay, you cannot, right now in this day and age, you could be the sweetest, most softest spoken person. Ron DeSantis would be an example of this. Never yells, uh, never nasty, makes his 
his, you know, makes his argument. You could be the kindest, sweetest, most polite person. And simply by attempting to save the country, you will cause division. Okay. So Nikki Haley, right off the bat, promising a no division presidency, promising a no division candidacy, made it clear her highest value is to not be divisive. Lose the country, but don't embarrass anybody at the country club. She sounds exactly like George W. Bush. These are the kinds of speeches he used to give. The most important value, aside from leaving the borders open and erasing them, uh, number two for them is to never be divisive and always capitulate. Here's Nikki Haley. This is the part of it uh, that, that to me sounded the most like, and I'd love to know who wrote this speech. I guarantee you it was somebody from that era, uh, from that Bush machine who wrote this speech. I have always had a deep belief in America, but I know America is better than all the division and distractions that we have today. We're ready ready to move past the stale ideas and faded names of the past. And we are more than ready for a new generation to lead us into the future. Division. That was a huge, that is, that was, and it is a huge word, Lee, for that political, political, you know, cabal. No matter what, we have no division. It doesn't matter if we lose our First Amendment rights. Um, and, and she has opposed any regulation for big tech. Um, it doesn't matter if we lose our Second Amendment. Like The most important value is to never have division. This is why, and you see this with George Bush now, um, and you see where this is coming from. I mean, literally, Barack and o- Obama and George Bush simultaneously, or pretty close to simultaneously, announced they're both having symposiums to advocate for the censorship of disinformation. So Barack Obama has his on Tuesday. George Bush's is on Wednesday. Of course, Obama goes first uh, because we never want division and we always abdicate to the other side. So, um, and, and they're both openly advocating censorship. Okay. So Nikki Haley, that's who these people are. This is why, uh, when you, uh, you know, you cut to a funeral of a great, you know, famous political figure, you will always see the Bushes sitting next to the Obamas and the Clintons. Never, ever have division. And she literally capitulated within three seconds coming out the door. It was jaw-dropping. Well, I thought it was interesting that, and, and this is something I talked about in the uh, with our, our, our news staff. I said, watch to see who comes out with her. Mm-hmm. The only big name I've seen so far is Congressman Ralph Norman. I know, and that was a surprise and a disappointment, too. I, well, I was surprised um, yeah. because— Norman has much more in in the at least the persona and the affiliations that I've seen been more along the more conservative, more um, MAGA Republican to uh, uh, use that phrase as the Democrats always want to. Um, he seems more aligned with with Trump than ha- with the Bush cabal. Well, I have a theory on this. I think okay. I know what he's doing. Yeah. Um, Ralph Norman is in trouble right now. God bless him. He's mm-hmm. in big trouble. Okay, when you go back to that Ralph Norman, the the first primary, where uh, honestly, I'm pretty sure our listeners pushed him, yeah. just barely over right. the over the edge there because the mainstream him. Republican establishment was right. gunning for him. 
Yeah, they spent seven. This is the 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 fundraising base of Nikki Haley that Bush Cabal spent seven hundred thousand dollars trying to take him out um, because he was the anti-amnesty candidate. They were running a pro-amnesty candidate against him, um, and and I think we, we I think we destroyed that candidate. I mean, I got the guy on the radio and I tried to get him to say yeah. he wouldn't do amnesty and he wouldn't do it. Yeah. And I played it over and over and over again. Like, damn, look at this guy. Mm-hmm. Right. So seven hundred thousand dollars spent against Ralph Norman. Ralph Norman has never forgotten that. Um, he's always been. I don't want to say afraid because afraid is a strong word. Concerned about yeah, it. He yeah. talked about it in interviews with us. He's seen the Bush people try to do him in. Right. And he's in big trouble right now with them because um, he stood in the way of the Kevin McCarthy candidacy. Mm-hmm. And he said, listen, I, I can't let Kevin McCarthy and the Bush cabal in combination with the Democrats bake, break the back of the country uh, financially. We are going broke. I have to make this my last stand. Right. I've got to do this. And he opposed the McCarthy candidacy. And I told I told you, I told everyone at the time he will pay dearly for this. Oh, yeah. They will lob another seven hundred thousand dollars at him, maybe a million in that primary, trying to take him out uh, with another Bush approved candidate. Um, and so this is. Ralph Norman cutting a deal with them. She had no one else of any name or stature from this state to stand with her. Um, in terms of being on the conservative side, she needed a conservative bona fide. Ralph Norman needed not to be taken out at the knees for trying not to bankrupt the country, uh, which is definitely a value the Bush cabal does not like. So, because um, they have always, as Jeb explained, in that fundraiser that he did in the Hamptons for the Democrats, I, with it, all Democrat donors in Jeb, and he talked about managing the decline of the country. So the country is supposed to decline. We are going to spend ourselves just into brokenness. This is Ralph Norman saying, okay, I'll trade you. I guarantee this is what he did. So it's, not a, it's not a dumb political move to survive. I'm going to endorse Nikki. I'll give you a conservative face, some conservative face to stand with her so she could pretend that she's one of us. You call off your dogs in the primary. Don't take me out for well, opposing Kevin McCarthy. It was going to be a short list to begin with because obviously you got Lindsey Graham and Governor McMaster both already endorsing the Trump candidacy. You've got Tim Scott thinking about a candidacy, making yep. it very um, clear that he's at the very least thinking about it and getting close to a decision on it. So uh, there's few others um, in the Republican hierarchy that uh, would be of any benefit to her. She needed a conservative. Yeah. And you know who wasn't there yesterday? Did you see who wasn't there? Did I see who wasn't there? If they weren't there, I couldn't have seen them. Well, no, did you notice? Obviously, you're not going to see. I mean, no, I I did not notice. But um, uh, who who whose face we didn't say is a better way to put this. Whose face we didn't see? Jeff Duncan. True. Very true. No, Jeff Duncan. Jeff Duncan. Um, I think we'll wait very late. I would. Uh, and I agree. I, I, at this point, I'm not ruling anybody out. I, listen, I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on your criticisms of uh, Nikki Haley. Uh, but if she's the nominee, and I don't think that's that likely, I'm not going to say at this point that I wouldn't go with her. I mean, because to me, virtually virtually any Democrat opponent or any third-party opponent at this point, uh, is I, I just don't know who they would come up with that could— um, that would be something that would interest me enough to to change my vote. But, you know, like I said, I'm not certainly not endorsing, just simply saying if that's the candidate, it's just like if Trump's the candidate. I, I really don't think that that's a good idea. I'm not so sure that he would be able to take on the Democrats at this point. But if he's the candidate for the Republican Party, I've got to have to say I'm going to go with a Republican candidate at this point.
Yeah, she. Um, we got a long way to go. She is running for vice president. That's, that's what that's what a lot of folks are saying. That's what that yeah. was yesterday. She's taking the Mike Pence route. Yeah, they're going to go to whoever the leader is. If that person is a conservative, and say, listen, we won't oppose you if right. you put one of our, you yeah. know, yeah. Bush, right? Um, you know, Bush cabal country clubbers at your side. It's the same thing they did to Trump with Mike Pence. Mike Pence is one of them too. Um, and that's what Nikki Haley did yesterday. She was very careful. It was an amazing speech that anyone could speak that long and not say anything <laughs> and not take a stand on anything. I mean, truly, I, the, the, the speechwriter is talented. Yeah. She had to speak slowly so she could kill the time uh, without taking a stand on anything. But I've got a whole clip file. On I, where I do she have to stands. say, I what? do have to say one, one thing that I yeah. liked, one phrase that they came out with proud and strong, not weak and woke. That was, eh, that was pretty good. That was a good line. Hold on, hold on. I know. I know. Oh, okay. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Good morning. You hungry? Don't eat. Wait, what? People just reeling this morning from this. Did you see it? This is an actual headline. From the elites to you in the Wall Street Journal. Not making this up. No joke, as the famous president would say. To save money. Wall Street Journal headline from yesterday. To save money. Maybe... You should skip breakfast. But nobody can afford breakfast anymore, silly. It's not just you. And look, with eggs up 70%. And it's not just eggs. We went yesterday through the USDA forecast report of how much breakfast, well, lunch and dinner, would go up in price. And the numbers are absolutely shocking. This is from Joe Biden's USDA. I I can't do the story enough. As the media incorrectly assures us that it's all going to be great. And uh, Joe Biden tells us yesterday, no joke, man, prices at the grocery store are dropping. It was actually two days ago now. 
I can't believe the scope of this. Prices at the grocery store are coming down, he says. The good news is that inflation in America is continuing to come down. It's fallen seven straight months. More to go. Food prices at the grocery store are coming down. From Joe Biden's own USDA, quote, in 2023, I'll put this link up on the Rumble if you want to share it with your friends. In 2023, all food prices are predicted to increase. Hmm. I wonder if they shared this with the president. All food prices are predicted to increase 7.1% to 10.1%. That's across the board. Food at home prices predicted to increase between 8% and 11.7%. But here's the bills that kill, as John Cougar Mellencamp once sang. This is the stuff you just, I mean, you can't get through the week without eating, unfortunately. Dairy products, forecast by the USDA to go up 8%. Fats and oils, you need those. Good luck cooking without them. Everything you, I mean, any kind of food that requires more than one ingredient, is gonna, you're going to need a fat or an oil. 16.5% increase just this year. Sugar, hard to make stuff without that. 10.6%. Increase forecast by the USDA for this year. What about bakery products? Then cereals. Figure you cheap it out for breakfast. No, no, no. 12% increase this year. I'll go ahead and put that up on the Rumble feed. By the way, having a lot of fun watching you guys uh, kind of build a family on Rumble. Conversation that takes on, that, that, that develops there. Rumble.com, my channel, Tara Servatius, all one word. So the Wall Street Journal says, to save money, maybe you should skip breakfast so the government can afford to keep printing. It's the least you could do for your country. Several breakfast staples, they write, saw sharp increases due to a perfect storm, listen to this, of bad weather and continued effects from Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Oh, my God. This is hysterical. Folks. We had a massive war in Iraq. We had another one in Afghanistan, right? Do you remember prices going up like this? No. What's the difference? There is only one thing. There's only one thing that causes prices to go up that high, and that is printing of money by government because it devalues the money that you have. If you start off with $101 bills, right? They're worth a dollar. Uh, but then if they print, um, you know, 100 more $1 bills and they mix them all up in the pot, is, is that bill worth a dollar anymore? No, it's not. It's worth 50 cents. It's, uh, it's, it's what they've done with the money supply. So that's why you can't afford breakfast. And this whole avian flu thing is a crock. It's not. Only 5% of our national flock was killed by it. That's going to cause prices of eggs to come up a little bit. It, it will, but um, not um, the 300% increase we've seen right here in Greenville, which we've documented. That, that those numbers don't they don't work they don't work out so this is let it folks historically when the elites say eat cake let them eat cake let them have circuses it never works out for the population does it and ultimately it doesn't work out for the elites too well either headline in the wall street journal to save money maybe you should skip breakfast why do they want you the poors to skip breakfast so that they, the rich on Wall Street, can continue building their mansions right outside of D.C. 
um, from their share of the printed money. That's what they're saying. They conclude with the folks, they're mocking us, okay? Breakfast lovers might be better off just having a cup of coffee, but go with roasted, not instant. Prices for roasted coffee declined 0.1% last month, but instant coffee rose by 3%, 3.6% monthly increase for instant coffee. Folks, this, this is incredible. These times that we live in, where, you know, with censorship and media control and blackouts of actual reality, the Democrats are like, wow, prices are really going up at the grocery store. You know what we'll do? We'll just deny it. We'll just say the opposite and let the media filter the rest out. Reality is what we say it is. But if you've gone to the grocery store and experienced actual reality, the way out of that, says Wall Street Journal, just don't eat breakfast. No word on, and I did read, do, do I get extra food for lunch? Or I just don't recover those calories? Or I'm just so filled with joy that my government could print money all morning while I wasn't eating breakfast that I don't mind the hunger pains. It's like Oliver Twist. Oh, my God. Many of you eating breakfast anyway. Look, we all have to do our part to allow the government to continue to print more money. And the Wall Street Journal says that your part of that is, um, you know, deal with the inflation that comes from all the money printing so all the right people can be rich. To save money, maybe you should skip breakfast. That is an actual headline in the Wall Street <laughs> Journal. Oh, my God. Y'all, I just can't. I just can't some days. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so Nikki Haley came out yesterday and literally managed to capitulate within the first 30 seconds to the other side. You got to understand something when you when you listen to her. I know she sounds strange. Yeah, this is a little hot on my thermostat. I know she sounds strange. She's speaking to the Bush donors, okay? So these people want to capitulate to the left. This is why you see... Um, you know, when you see the Bushes, there's a public event that they're all attending. You see Bush sitting with, you know, and his wife sitting with Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. They're, they're all friends. They're all globalists. That's Nikki Haley's fundraising base. You can see it by looking at who donates to her. Okay? So there's almost nothing Nikki Haley can say that won't make these people mad. They, she is hired to capitulate. That is what she is to do and occasionally attack Trump. She didn't make it 30 seconds without attacking Trump, because they expect this from her when she referred to the old, tired, and stale voices. That's what she did. That's who she's talking about, Trump. She's mocking Trump voters, donors. And she's mocking Trump donors. She's mocking that part of the party. A little guy. But listen to what she said, promising no division. That, folks, that's from the 1990s Karl Rove era. We will have no division. We will go down as a country, but we can all be proud of our niceness while on our way down. I want to contrast something, okay? Let me um, play this Nikki Haley thing from yesterday, okay? And that's what she's saying, promising no division. I will not fight because that will make them mad. And if they get mad, there will be division. She literally capitulated in the first 30 seconds. I'm going to play that, and then I'm going to contrast it to what it sounds like if you were going to fight. 
I have always had a deep belief in America. But I know America is better than all the division and distractions that we have today. We're ready. You cannot fight them without division. You cannot. Does it mean that you need to be tweeting about Rihanna's Super Bowl appearance like Trump just did? No. No, like Ron DeSantis, Trump should be instead tweeting about the battle against ESGs. But if you tweet about the battle against ESGs or you fight them or you fight Wall Street or any of these people in any way, there will be division. She is promising. I will never cause division. This is the first thing she says. It's impossible for a Republican unless you just capitulate on everything, which I'm telling you she would. Now, what would it sound like if she was actually an American, like a normal, not a globalist? And when I say American, just because the Bush base is very clear. They are globalists. They are for global government. It's who they are. They are primarily before any other value for open borders. This is why until, you know, Joe Biden, um, you know, we would see these horrible numbers of people coming over the borders, borders wide open, sex offenders streaming in, drug dealers streaming in, fentanyl streaming in. Um, and you would look at the numbers under Obama and they'd be the second highest numbers because the highest numbers were actually under George Bush. But it never got reported when he did it, except by me. I was all over it. I knew what he was doing. He left the borders open first, and he did it at a worse and higher level in most cases than Barack Obama. This is what the Bush donors will expect from her. It's why they've been donating to the Bushes for a very long time. Now, if Nikki Haley had actually given a speech in which she promised to fight for the people, what for the plebes, for the regulars, for the normals, for the, you know, most of the people in her party, what would it have sounded like? Let's do a contrast. It would have sounded like this. Okay, let's see if we can get this to work. And while you reap the consequences of their failures, the Biden administration seems more interested in woke fantasies than the hard reality Americans face every day. Most Americans simply want to live their lives in freedom and peace. But we are under attack in a left-wing culture war we didn't start and never wanted to fight. Every day we are told we must partake in their rituals, salute their flags, and worship their false idols. All while big government colludes with big tech to strip away the most American thing there is. Your freedom of speech. That's not normal. It's crazy. And it's wrong. Make no mistake. Republicans will not surrender this fight. We will lead with courage and do what's right, not what's politically correct or convenient. She wasn't mean. But she was fighting. Now let's contrast that to Nikki Haley's um, rebuttal to the State of the Union. When Barack Obama called... Republicans racist, and she doubled down on it. She could have said anything. Instead, she slammed what she called the angriest voices in her own party. But I just want to be clear here that when you were talking about those loudest voices, those angriest voices, in that context, you were referring to Donald Trump, correct? He was one of them, yes. He was one. There's other people in the media. There's people in my state. There's people in my state. I think we're seeing it across the country. But yes, Mr. Trump has definitely contributed to what I think is just irresponsible. See the difference? 
It's easier to show you who she's not. Angriest voices in my state, she says. Who was that? People who vote for Trump. Well, that'd be the majority she needs to win the primary, wouldn't it? So if you're an angry voice, she doesn't want your vote. If you support division in any way or anything other than capitulation, she doesn't want your vote. So the two of you who are left, go ahead and vote for Nikki. So Nikki Haley isn't actually running for president. That was a spe- That's why that speech was so bizarre yesterday. She managed to take no stands on anything, which is incredible for how long she, she spoke. She capitulated within the thir- first 30 seconds to the left, which is what's expected in the Bush donor class. Actually promising, the first thing she promised, the really only thing she promised is that her, her, her presidency would have no division, would not be divisive. Okay, it is impossible for a Republican to hold office and not be divisive. Just simply by breathing and occupying the Oval Office, you are divisive. And it was eerie. This was so similar to the kind of speeches George W. Bush used to give. Remember, compassionate conservatism, no division, no division. We see what that looks like. You capitulate on everything. So what was she doing? She was running, she's running for vice president. She's running against Tim Scott. He'll come out and give a speech like this, too. It'll sound a lot like hers because their donors are the same. This is the new generation of the Bush cabal because they can't run with their own names anymore. They're so disgraced. If your last name is Cheney or Bush, like P. Bush, who just ran statewide in Texas, got absolutely curb stomped by Ken Paxton in a statewide race in Texas. And Bush outspent him six to one. P. Bush did. Oh, and told everyone he loved Trump. Wasn't Nobody was buying it. Nobody's buying Nikki either. Who is Nikki Haley, actually? Nikki Haley, this is a news clip. I saved it for, I've saved it for years from, because I knew I'd need it. She'd run for president. This is a news clip from an Indian publication, like from India. She is one of the World Economic Forums. She was the 2011 in their class, their, uh, their class of young global leaders. She's World Economic Forum. They don't pick you. Unless you're open borders and you have the stamp of approval um, and, and you are part of that big open borders globalist cabal. They, they don't do that. What kind of things would you say to get picked as a young global leader in 2011's class at the World Economic Forum? Klaus Schwab, you know the people, you will own nothing, you will have no privacy and you will be happy? Those people. What kind of things do you say? Well, this is what she was running around saying. She was uh, talking about we need secure borders. She doesn't mean it, though. Here's Nikki Haley on a podcast several years ago. This is actually Ben Shapiro's podcast at the time. Take a listen to her. This is the real Nikki Haley. Immigrants are the fabric of America. It's what makes us great. It's we need as many immigrants as we can. We need the skills. We need the talent. We need the culture. We need, we need as many immigrants as we can. Look, we all came from immigrants to this country. But I'm pretty sure 80% of Americans would agree with me that we don't need as many immigrants as we can. That's the Joe Biden plan, as many immigrants as we can. 
Now all of a sudden she wants to secure the border. But those are the things you have to say to get the money from the Bush fundraising cabal. And she did, and she has. What would she sound like if she gave a speech pledging to fight instead of giving a speech from the 1990s pledging no division, we can lose the country, but we can be proud, we were not divisive as we went down. What would she sound like if she had pledged to fight yesterday? I just want to show you the contrast. She'd sound like this. Beyond our border from Afghanistan to Ukraine, from North Korea to Iran, President Biden's weakness puts our nation and the world at risk. Oh, that's divisive. And the president's refusal to stand up to China, our most formidable adversary, is dangerous and unacceptable. Divisive. President Biden is unwilling to defend our border, defend our skies, and defend our people. He is simply unfit to serve as commander-in-chief. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.